What's up, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls? Hello, hello. It is the Unfiltered Experience. It's Friday night. It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You're at your place for unfiltered conversations with myself, Mr. Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and my brother. Happy birthday tomorrow, Chris. Happy birthday tomorrow. Thank you. Cheers. 49 years old. Is that right? What was that? 49. 49, yeah. We're going to start going backwards? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. I still feel 27 sometimes, you know, yeah, my, on that rare occasion. But, uh, yeah, the big 5-3 tomorrow, man. The big 5-3. I like it. Yeah. You excited? I'm excited. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not like girls. I don't really get a get a heart on over my birthday. It's, it is what it is, and I'm just, you know, excited to be alive. I get to go to Disneyland. I was supposed to be seeing your fucking tall ass tomorrow, but uh, no. I got changed. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go to, to California Adventure tomorrow and stand in really long lines and pay for overpriced shit. Um, I don't know. She's between us because I know my wife's not watching this right now. I'm like, why did you want to take me to Disneyland for my birthday? I don't want to stand in fucking lines and and be miserable all day. You know, I'll do that for my son, but so we'll see how it goes. It'll it'll be good. It'll be good. Maybe you got maybe you had to ask like 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 sign up for something in advance next year. Be like, you know what I would like to do for my birthday? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so where are you at, man? You got a beautiful surrounding there with you. Um, so, you know, again, I was going to be speaking out uh, to those fraternity folks um, out in um, Anaheim and they expected me to pay to be at the conference. And so I decided just to do it virtually. So I did the um, some videos for everybody. Um, so I'm actually a good friend of mine who's coming over right now. Here was Sean and he's been super kind. This is a host right here. Ooh, he just guy. brought you a drink. Look at this guy. Look at this nice. Guy. What's hey, up, Sean? Yeah. You're live in front of two million people. Two million. Two million awesome. minus one point nine five million. <laughs> well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's been a while since we've actually toasted on the unfiltered experience because I've been dry this whole entire time of 2022. So, cheers, brother Scott. Absolutely beautiful. So here's the, so here's the, here's the, I got some cool news. I got some cool news. People often ask me like, what guitar pick do you have in your in your mm. guitar holder? And I've been wearing this for years now. And it's so funny. Everybody kept saying you should do like kick-ass, you know, some sort of like personalized uh, guitar pick. So ladies and gentlemen, this is a prototype, but there we have the first official kick-ass guitar pick. Where'd you get that? Did you get it like specially made or how'd you do yeah, it? Yeah, I went on Amazon, went on Amazon oh, nice. and uh, it didn't turn out exactly like I wanted it. My logo was a little bit too big, but uh yeah, so uh, it's a little brandy right there. I got the the wristbands coming. They're going to be put on the website. So um, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be alive. My heart is heavy for what's going on in the world today, obviously, yeah. and uh, and everything like that. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm cool to be here jamming with you every single week and having great guests yeah. on here and having amazing people like uh, Robert in the house. Robert's in the house. We got Leanne in the house. What's hey, up, Leanne? Leanne? It's been How a minute. You? Good to see you, sister. Uh, definitely part of the Unfiltered crew. We appreciate you guys, whether you're live, watching live or on the replays. We love you. And as always, during this conversation, engagement, uh, questions are welcome, of course. And um, yeah, and then if you guys haven't uh, paid attention to everything that's going on here, I put a post up here earlier. Uh, our podcast, this is actually uh, not just a video cast, it is a podcast. So we would love and appreciate for you all amazing people to go there. Uh, I put up the iTunes uh, link right there, but you guys can find it on Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, we're everywhere. So please uh, share that out because we definitely want to make an impact in the world uh, bigger and more substantially uh, each and every day and each and every week that we come here for you guys. 
uh, on the unfiltered experience. We got Ellie in the house from the UK she says, what's up? Hey guys. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm fired up for the conversation tonight, Scott, because quite honestly, I don't know a lot about what our guest is going to be talking about. So I'm excited yeah. to, to be able to learn on that aspect, but, uh, why don't you go ahead and do the honors of, uh, introducing our guests and kind of get, letting us know what we're getting into tonight. I'll do it. And, uh, just to, uh, tail end on what you're talking about with Ukraine and Russia right now. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are being highlighted in the world that aren't exactly as the way we might all want it to be, but it's not new stuff. You know, this stuff's been going on since the beginning of time. And what's happening is that highlighting is allowing us to start to be a little bit more prepared and be a little more awake. And, you know, you see those people in Russia right now who are saying we don't want war. And so you're seeing it's not the people, mm -hmm. it's the militaries, it's the politicians. And all that stuff is starting to make us realize that we need to be the ones in charge. We need to be the ones who are prepared. And so today we have an amazing guest who's talking about sustainable living and a lot of the things that we can do to prepare for this new, beautiful world that we're leaning into. This is my cousin and a beautiful human being, Jared Picard. What's up, Jared? Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience, brother. How are you hey, doing team. tonight? Thanks up, for having buddy? me. What's up, guys? It's a pleasure to have you. Thank are you, you are yeah. You, are you is my like audio okay? I do it. Your kitchen in your basement. Oh yeah. Oh, this is not a green screen. Believe it or not, this is. <laughs> I was not, like, is he in a I'm bunker? Not, I'm not calling from Fiji. Uh, this is. Um, yeah, it's not quite a bunker actually. We have. Um, so my wife Elisa and I have. Um, we have a biodynamic farm in California, which is a type of regenerative farm. You might call it like a beyond organic farm, a very holistic style of agriculture. If you're not familiar with the term biodynamic. Um, and so we, with those products, we make various uh, self-care offerings, self-care products, uh, mostly topical things like face oils, body oils, lots of types of different spa products and um, a few edible products. Actually, I'm drinking one of our vinegar, our vinegar tonics right here. Um, so we, uh, you know, some people have like a man cave in their house and some people have maybe a wine cave or something like that. If they're so lucky, I have a cold room. We're in the, where we call it the vault. So this is my space. It's about 60 degrees in here. And I'm actually surrounded by like cold pressed solar and lunar infused botanical oils that were hand grown, hand infused. Uh, it's basically a sacred space. Um, it's where all these oils um i'm surrounded by probably hundreds of different types of essential oils and um all of our botanical infusions uh all of our products and this is their sort of resting space it looks like a storage room but it's a little bit more than that nice, nice. so yeah. so you're in this space that you know you're, you're using some of these terms that people might not, not be familiar with let's back up just a bit and uh you and i were talking the other day about the you know, the interesting story we're talking about, you know, all these things that could happen in the world. And what if we do need to respond and suddenly all need to become sustainable? Tell us your story of how you got into this, because I thought it was a great story anyway, um, you know, into the space that you are, because we all want to do the right thing and we all want to eat healthy and we all want to be more energized. But it's interesting how it happened with you. And I think it's applicable to things that are going on today. You know, our story is like our brand story is just our life story. It's just a reflection of our personal life story. Um, and then basically the brand was created to get into the world. Like we wanted what the brand was. So we created the brand so that the types of things that we're doing now uh, as our products, let's say, um, 
we these are the types of things that we want in the particular created in the manner in which we want them and so we are the number one customers basically we get to benefit from it being you know by offering it to other people we get to benefit from it so it's truly truly you know what we love presently how we got here i mean um it's just sort of you could choose any part of my life uh where to start and then eventually i was sort of a post college graduate living in new york city working on the floor of the new york stock exchange um i wasn't quite at my my heaviest at this point i had sort of started seeing a a a personal trainer um and that's what i thought it was it turned out to be something called a holistic life coach and that experience was really transformative for me ultimately that's kind of a good place to start I, i in a sense but you know just to give you the context of where I was before I sort of changed my life pretty dramatically, not like a band-aid rip, but over a period of years, my life did change pretty dramatically from, from that point of, of starting with this life coach. Uh, but, you know, at my peak, I was probably like 260 some odd pounds and I was just enjoying the smorgasbord of life of all sorts of recreational foods and drugs. Uh, six foot okay so i'm not small but you know 260 is pretty you know i'm not seven foot mm. so no, i was Scott. uh <laughs> like yeah thank god you know all that time all Let throughout that time i was a lacrosse player i was a i played lacrosse my whole life so like thank god i, w- I had some activity in my life otherwise i would have been 360 pounds easy um not that like scale weight is necessarily the indicator of someone's health but for me at that time, I was really unhealthy at that weight. And I was, uh, you know, didn't have any concept of what health and wellness really was. I had some concept of what fitness was, and I knew I was not fit. You know, I knew I was unfit. I didn't really have a deeper concept of what health and wellness and longevity was all about, um, which is sort of, you know, what my lifestyle is more geared towards nowadays. Um, And so, I got introduced to what's called a Czech practitioner, actually. That, that was the life coach that I mentioned. Um, it's, it's this institute called the Czech Institute. This guy, Paul Czech, is the founder of it. And um, it's a pretty comprehensive uh, you know, coaching system for fitness, emotional wellness. You, know, you get into all sorts of topics around sleep and diet and nutrition and, and mindfulness. And then even bigger topics like happiness and, you know, non-denominational, individually sourced spirituality. That's not his words. That's my paraphrasing. Um, and so all of that stuff was was really what transformed was transformative for me. So like getting introduced to the concept of organic food for the first time ever um, through that program and getting introduced to the concept of mindfulness practice. Uh, these two things really were sort of the watershed for me because through mindfulness practice more than anything, I mean, applying the lens of mindfulness to almost anything was life-changing for me. So like if I addressed my, my food sourcing and preparation and my diet in general more mindfully, I was pretty able to make changes about it. You know what I mean? So this, this idea of getting a meditation practice, which um, came about at this time, I would say that these kind of things all coupled in, into my own personal interest in this kind of stuff. So I had a lot of personal interest in this kind of stuff. 
that was sort of a pipe dream of mine. I thought, I, like I said, I was working on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. So, how, how old were you at this point? Sorry to interrupt, but how old were you at this point, Jared? I got an internship out of college, so I was um, 21, I suppose. Um, and basically, that turned into a you know a full time position that lasted a few years. Was going great, you know, uh, theoretically. Although I just quickly became aware through, you know, through these new sort of discoveries of, you know, mindfulness and diet and movement practices and things like this, I started changing and started making changes. And so like the, for example, I started bringing in my own lunch when we would generally order lunch communally uh, as a company, like a six person little group of people I was standing next to on the floor. And it was always, you know, sandwiches, pizza, whatever, you know, whatever the delicious thing was. And so I started bringing in whatever salad and protein and some raw nuts or something. And from that simple act alone, I, I, I earned the nickname, the weirdo. So like in a loving way, it was a, it was a very, you know, locker roomy kind of vibe, but, um, I was the weirdo just from that alone. Little did they know I would go completely off the deep end and four months later, you know, quit because I was going to take on a, an apprenticeship on a farm in Georgia, which is what happened next. So, um, yeah, that was, that was one of the best times too, was all the time in the Southeast, basically learning about agriculture, um, which led to being farm owners ourselves and sort of the business we're in now. So it was, it was very much personal stuff. Like we were, all of a sudden a, in a positive feedback loop, you know, with these new things. So meditation mm -hmm. was feeling, was bringing such benefit that I, I became a regular, you know, devotee of it. And so so let, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because, you know, one of the things that you're saying is you, you, you created your own pattern to interrupt. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that because they're chasing the how. So you're sitting here in a space and you change your diet. And everybody else is kind of like teasing you. People would just step back in and go, well, the way I'm going to make money is to fit in and sit here. And you keep thinking I'm going to do this and this. But you are willing to move one piece, move another piece, go all the way to Georgia. What can you tell people who are listening? How do people do that? Because, you know, we all have our individual journey. But how do you do that? What suggestions do you have to, you have to others to really make that jump? I was so I feel so fortunate to have come across Paul's teachings at that time because the teaching involves, you know, when I started getting into joy, purpose, happiness, these things, I mean, the real sort of nutshell of that situation is you have to have a dream. Um, you know, and there, like some some of Paul's teachings that that st stuck with me from that time were like your dream has to be bigger than the thing you're, you know, than what you're afraid of. You know, you have to love the dream more than what you're afraid of. You know, like you'll do anything for something you're in love with. You know, you'll crawl across the broken glass, you know, to save someone you love. But people will die, you know, smoking cigarettes through their neck because they don't want to quit, you know, cigarettes. Right. And so basically fear is not enough of a motivator so you have to love something you have to figure out what you know you're gonna love and that's your dream and then uh again i'm really just paraphrasing paul's teachings but if it's it's a visual image that's stuck with me from the moment that i learned it and truly you know like right now i'm actually in kind of a, a energetic very low time you know we've been through a lot of transition i'm feeling so tired all the time i'm not feeling like my typical self kind of foggy headed 
And so I went right back to these teachings that I'm about to talk about right now. I literally took out a piece of paper three days ago and wrote down exactly what I'm about to share. So these are teachings that I learned 12 years ago and still are my guiding sort of foundational principles that, that help guide me day to day. But basically, his teaching is the four doctor teaching. Um, and, and who were you talking about specifically? You said, Paul, I'm sorry. I may have. Yeah. C H E K. Yeah. Okay. That's that, that's, that was, I was, I was working with a person at this time called who was a, a Czech practitioner. So like you can get certified to teach these teachings, gotcha. which okay. I'm not, which Good. I'm not, Thanks. but, um, so basically the four doctor model is Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement and Dr. Happy the last four doctors you'll ever need. That's kind of their catchphrase. And each, each of these four categories sort of help you sh create values that guide your decisions in diet. We're talking about food and water, but you're also consuming information. You're consuming relationships, all sorts of other stuff. So it goes deeper, quiet. We're talking about sleep, meditation, stuff like that. Uh, doctor movement, we're talking about, in his world, we're talking about working out, which everybody's familiar with but also working in. So to get more specific, working out activities that expend more energy than they generate. So I'm like sprinting, I'm lifting, I'm burning energy because then I'm gonna break myself down to build myself back up. That's like the classic workout. But working in is activities that generate more energy than they expend. So things like restorative yoga, qigong, tai chi, chanting, lying on the ground, slow walks in nature, meditation, breathing. So that's all working in. And so that's Dr. Movement category. And then Dr. Happy category is like just as simple as it sounds, but it's true, almost always missing from people's lives. So the things that just truly bring them happiness that you, you never think you have enough time for. But the return on investment and just sneaking those things into your calendar is one of the brilliant things of this system because you, by honoring Dr. Happy as a full-on 25% quadrant of this system, you know, you got to pay attention to it. And so when you sneak in, for me, it's like walking in nature or maybe painting a little bit if I feel like I have a couple hours of free time or, you know, there's certain activities that I know are just make me super happy that I never want to schedule in. So Dr. Happy is all about that. And when you do them, you just get such a return that it is worth your time. You know, in the end, you get a net return on your time. You're much more productive, you know, personally, professionally, whatever your goals are, just by taking some time for Dr. Happy as well. And so those four principles, you kind of develop your values. And he has a whole book uh, that walks you through this. It's called How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. And so you develop your four principles around these, your values around these four categories. And then the dream thing, if the dream is a bullseye, like, you know, the bow and arrow, like an archery bullseye, and you're the archer and you shoot that arrow, the line in between you and the bullseye, that's your dream line. And so you wanna use your values moment by moment to walk right down that dream line toward into your stated goal. Otherwise you're just walking aimlessly in any direction. And so like when you get invited out to you know a concert, that I'm looking at your guitars, like you get invited out to a concert at 10 p, it starts at 10 p.m. and the main act comes on at 2 a.m. and you think, oh, well, Dr. Quiet, my values that I created for myself in Dr. Quiet say that I go to bed at 9.30 or 10 because it's like, otherwise I feel sick the next day. So as much as I want to go to this concert, I'm going to pass. Or 
I'm going to go to this concert and I'm going to get some extra, I'm going to do some deep meditation tomorrow morning and really do some yin yoga and really take care of myself because I know that I sort of am going out of whack. And so since you create all these things internally from yourself, you said, these are my values, it becomes a little bit easier to stick by them. I would say you've identified them, you know, name it to tame it kind of thing. You've identified them. Now you can stick by them and you can use them in real life moment to moment decisions to do what he calls walking down your dream line, which, you know, our dream has changed quite a bit because we experienced traumatic wildfires at the end of 2020 that sort of changed our whole, you know, real world paradigm. The way everything was, the way everything hit the rubber changed in 2020. Like we were, you guys are, you guys are up in Northern California. Yeah. And okay. we, were we were developing a, a, a hotel up until that point for about nine years, a, a land-based kind of nature sanctuary, re regenerative farm-based hotel for, to use a lot of words. And we're not doing that anymore. And um, basically, the interesting thing is, is that the dream, it's not like the dream died and literally things like the physical manifestation of it burnt down, but the dream of sort of living in connection with nature, um, supporting being involved with, you know, regenerative ag and clean, healthy food and a holistic lifestyle, all those things. It's not like we set out to develop the best hotel in the world. Developing this hotel was the vehicle we were using to sort of create this way of living that we wanted to create for ourselves. And so the dream aspect of like caring for ourselves, caring for the planet, uh, communicating with people about these topics all of that stuff still exists even though you know uh the physical manifestation of how that dream was hitting reality uh you know completely changed by act of god for lack you know what i mean but completely out of our control even if we wanted to continue doing it it would be economically and just in so many other ways not feasible at this point so, so you you know you said something really important there that i want people to just sit and think about like so many times i hear people in the coaching arena talk about the importance of goals and they say i need this goal i need this vision i need this trajectory i need this point that i need to achieve and when that's taken you know off the map they consider themselves a failure and so i like what you're saying and i want to talk more about it the depth of it because the hotel wasn't the dream the specific wasn't a dream it's the lifestyle it's how you're living and so one of the things chris and i talk about is have a trajectory and a vision and goal where you want to go so you might say something like i want to speak to people about this specific mission so they live better lives any vehicle we choose to make that happen we're living the dream we might say we're going to start by teaching at a college so that's one trajectory point but we don't fail when the college closes or there's no more jobs we just move and adjust the you know the direction of that dream so you know talk about that because it sounds like you got you know sideswiped by the universe which we all do <laughs> but you're still living the dream how are you maintaining that i mean like the alternative would have been just total despair you know what i mean like to not to not sort of pivot and flow with it and sort of like lean into the practices that have gotten me to where i am in terms of how i approach life it was like it was just a time to lean into my sort of self-care practices and my meditation and, you know, just staying true to myself. Um, it, it was a very tumultuous time. Um, and so I, you know, I had moments where I was like, you know, because of my wife and daughter, I couldn't actually take this thought seriously 
but I had a deeper understanding for how and why people would kill themselves. Like I just had an appreciation for it. I was like, oh, I could understand why somebody would feel like they want to kill themselves because there's just so much, you know, out of control. And so that uh, it's not to say that like I just sort of like let it all brush off me. You know what I mean? It was terrible to experience certain aspects of the last year and a half and our family was living basically displaced because we didn't have power line and certain, you know, critical things you would need at home, even though the farm and the property actually sort of in a miraculous way survived this, this fire, the entirety of the property burned down, but it, it's kind of an interesting story in its own right. The farm and the, the house really didn't burn down, although the fire crawled right across them. Wow. Um, so that's crazy. Yeah. So how did I, you know, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of like, um, intentional, like letting go and surrendering of things just like, um, gotta do that. This, like, like this guy who thought that creating the hotel was the vehicle. Like there was a part of me that thought that was like, that was the vehicle, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, not to have that would just be, first of all, after working on it for 10 years, would just feel too, too crazy to separate from. And also, I, I really truly believe that it would have been an amazing place and something that we were creating because we didn't really think it existed. So it would have been cool to see it come to light and versions of it or concepts from it or some future version of it may come to light. It's, you know, you never know is what we yeah. certainly learned. And so that guy kind of had to die so he kind of i kind of let that guy burn down in the fire like within two three days of the fire we realized that the hotel aspect of the fire wouldn't be moving on and i think that um you know as i'm talking about it right now some of my tiredness and stuff like that i think that part of me is probably the guy that needs a little attention from me right now like i think i need to sort of allow that guy to grieve the process a little bit um of course. and somehow you know actually my mother who's a, a life coach herself um gave me some some exercises about grief related to this topic as if like the death was a person mm -hmm. um and i'm definitely going to go through that and you know i'm happy to be talking about it out loud right now but um i think that that aspect of me like i did have to sort of end that chapter and then find sort of reconnect with the part of the dream that felt most alive, like, because that's retrospective in real time was even more bizarre, you know, cause in real time, and this was the, this was the real trippy part about it was that as we were driving off the mountain, so the mountains on fire, you know, like hundred police trucks and fire trucks are driving in the other direction. So you're getting a cool appreciation for how heroic some of the first responders are because yeah. we're fleeing this fire. These guys are ladies, gentlemen, whoever are racing into it. And basically, um, I wish I was in the car with my wife and daughter because they were actually scared. They were in the car in front of me and I was driving our family RV with all of our oils in them, which yet another story, how, how did we get them? Because we had only five minutes to go. How did we get it? It's like a magic trick. He had five minutes to leave the property. He left with, two women, two dogs, and a thousand pounds of botanical infused oils in glass jars. Yeah. How do you do it? 
How did you, you got a big enough why, baby? <laughs> you hustled your ass off. And they were not in the RV uh, prior to us leaving. We, we literally, we had five minutes to leave. But as I was leaving, you know, and sort of, you know, hoping for the best, you're sort of hoping that, look, these, look at all these fire trucks. Of course they got it, you know, like, like go get them, boys. And, um, but some part of you is thinking, you know, you, this, you may, this may never be the same. This might all burn down. Like you've seen it happen to other places. It might happen. We've and, actually, we've actually had a guest. Uh, Scott Marshall was on our show who went through the fires over, uh, in the, what was it? The Woolsey fires. Woolsey fires. Yeah. And he, he explained to us, it was heartbreaking just to Dude. hear him talk about, he know, had all his music equipment from like, like you, you have no idea. He's like, he works with some of those famous musicians and he had guitars that were from like famous mm -hmm. people, all his stuff. And it all got caught in the fires. Yeah, it's it's horrendous. I want to take a I want to take a minute to just recognize everybody here in the house. Thank you guys all for being here. We got Ellie in the house from the UK. She says, "Hey guys." We got Greg in the house. He says, "Uh, howdy, welcome to the show, Greg. Appreciate you being here, brother." Uh, of course, we got Robert in the house. Um, Serena Buffalino in the house. Uh, Serena and I had a great meeting today with uh, the uh, gentleman at E360 TV. So that's going to be kind of exciting. So thank you uh, for being here, Serena. John Clark's in the house. What's up, brother? Appreciate you being here, man. Uh, Ellie says, going to go watch the replay. It's 1.30 a.m. here, and it's been a long day. Sorry. No problem, Ellie. We appreciate you. And then we got the other Ellie. We got Ellie Nicole. She says, hello, Scott. Hello, Christopher. How are you? And let's see what's going on. Thank you for being here, Ellie. We got our 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 our, uh, our amazing Patricia in the house. She says movement that matters, of course. In retrospect to what you were saying uh, before, Jared, um, and uh, Serena says here, yes, a little bit of everything adds up to a lot of healthy choices and becomes a new way of life. Absolutely, it's just it's just it's you just keep shifting and pivoting and moving on. Uh, she also says here, movement is my medicine from walking, running, biking, yoga, meditation, sleep, and sex. Oh no, eat. She's she didn't say something. Uh, I know she's probably thinking of it. Um, so, anyways, what's up? Greg says here, uh, how is the transition? Also, this, this is awesome. It's a great question. Uh, how is the transition to Austin going and where can people find your products? Mm. Great Greg, appreciate that. That's the one we're going with. Sure. Going with and then I have a question right after that. But he says, uh, he says, how is the transition from Austin going and where can people find your products? So, yeah, basically, we're, we're, um, the farm in California still exists, and our family, my wife, my daughter, and myself, have currently relocated to Austin, Tejas, and um, it's been going, you know, I, if you asked me like two weeks ago or a week ago, I would have told you it's been going as well as like the inside of my living room, because we it took us all month to unpack. We just, we we sort of had a whole life worth and in a certain way, you know, skincare company and farm and storage units worth of stuff that we didn't do a particularly thorough job of uh, screening before we brought it here. And so Austin seems like it's going to be an amazing place. I mean, the greatest thing about Austin for sure has been the people down here. There's um, every single person you meet is nice and there's an incredible amount of, people who relocated here you know um so not that austin wasn't already a diverse place but there's just there's just this energy of people who come here from all over the place who are you know happy to be in a place that um you know people probably have a lot of reasons for having moved here in the last year or two but i will certainly say i'm happy to be away from wildfires that's one thing i'm happy to be away from um uh i'm happy to because like wildfires isn't just wildfire season it's this whole thing it's even smoke season you know so i don't mm -hmm. want my daughter breathing smoke for four months out of the year 
So our long-term plan of kind of trying to like live in California forever, um, it involved not living there for smoke season. You know, we were going to try to live in two places. So it's not, it was just, it was a hard, it was hard, you know, as the, as the reality of the dream started like grinding up against the reality of life, it was just kind of, we knew that a change had to, had to happen. And so long-term we will be selling the farm in California, um, which is, um, something that again you know just a major change and uh i hope so much that somebody uh purchases that property that continues like loving into the farm in the way we have but either way like it's sort of this it's now a chapter you know it's a point it's a point right. in the story um if we we might even stay involved with the farm uh, it might be bought by somebody who we collaborate with and stay involved with the farm and um so i'm just sort of noting that this last 10 years which is yet at another chapter point right now but the fire was pretty much a major you know bookend there no matter what happens it was just this it was it was you know 25 or so percent of my life like it was an amazing time in our life our daughter was born there on the farm and we learned you know so many of the things that i, I get to share in public um we learned through this experience and I think most of our future opportunities will come from the fact that we had this experience. So the transition has been tough, tiring, a lot of unpacking, that kind of stuff, but super hopeful and optimistic for what we're starting to feel like is just a really ripe place to be. You know, there's, there's so many, it just feels like there's so many people and opportunities down here. And the product side, um, there's a lot of, uh, great places to pick it up in person, but online, um, sunpotion.com is a place that carries our sort of signature offering which is funny because it survived the fire basically we evacuated with the ingredients for it while uh, the majority of those things actually burnt down in the fire and wow. so for the last year we've been selling just a single product but the truth is, is we have a whole collection of products and they just burned down and since we grow and make them from scratch, it took us this last year to regrow and remake these products. So now, like this time, you know, live here on the Unfiltered Experience, this is a world premiere. <laughs> yeah. We're announcing that the collection is really, we have a full collection of products and um, they will start to hopefully be sold on sunpotion.com as well, in addition to the serum. And then same thing for all these other places that sell our product. There's another website called Cap Beauty, C-A-P Beauty which is an awesome curator of clean beauty and like edible products. Um, and then just emailing me, my, my email is love at beherefarm.com. So our business is called Be Here Farm in Nature. And I'm love at beherefarm.com, B-E-H-E-R-E-F-A-R-M. People always want to throw an S at the end, but it's like, you know, one farm is enough. Right, right there, right? Is that love at uh, beherefarm.com? That's the one. And okay. so emailing me, all of our clients, all of, all customers who purchase a product get a little invitation to um, a complimentary video consultation where we can talk about the farm, the products, how to get the most out of it. And so if anyone who's listening here was intent on you know buying the product, we could even, you know, email me we could have that zoom ahead of time and we could talk about the whole collection because our website um and uh stuff like that is gonna come along this year as well but right now it's been all very sort of bespoke custom-made stuff for mostly spas and hotels and now that we are ready to release these products 
you know, for consumers, retail, um, we're going to be hopefully creating a website around it and having a shop and maybe definitely, a place to I would definitely, share I would definitely recommend that. That's, that's probably one of the first things you want to do. What are, what are some common myths in, in associated with, with, with the beginners like myself? Um, what are some common myths uh, about what it is that you do and you're involved in that, that perhaps we could uh, learn from? Hmm. Like about different products, or like maybe ingredients and products or, or something that, you know, maybe this is said that we don't necessarily understand. I mean, I have a pretty, I have a pretty sort of like a particular line in the sand that I've drawn that is basically like the center cornerstone, like ethos of our, of our life really, which is that we put, you know, whole foods like you know, whole ingredients, unadulterated, natural, whole items on and in our body. That's the line. You know, I don't really go past that. So, you know, bananas, grass-fed beef, olive oil, you know, things you can name. Like, you know, they have one name, you recognize it. Those are the only things that I want to see on an ingredient list for any product that I'm putting in or on my body or in my family. And so that's a sort of like i've basically opted out of like mainstream society by making that decision because when you go into the grocery store even the products that are marketed as health food items organic or not um are chock full of things that like you wouldn't recognize like those words i just said you know what i mean words you can't read don't understand some of them may be totally benign but like i have a very sort of um you know, cautionary approach to that kind of stuff. Like, I don't really want to introduce these kinds of things because the truth of it is, is that there's this whole class of diseases that's named after our culture. I mean, they call it the Western diseases. You know what I mean? It's like, they're telling us right there, your culture is what's fucked up about this health situation. And when your culture goes to other places, the Western diseases appear there all of a sudden. So like, okay, well, I'm trying not to engage. And so w- whether it's these products, whether it's what's in my toothpaste, my deodorant, my shampoo, my cleaning products, the clo- you know, what are my clothes made out of? What's in the wall in the house I'm in? You know, the air quality, the water quality, you know, should you be so blessed to even consider these things? Um, obviously some people have, you know, atrocious situations in all these categories and it's beyond their means. But um for people who are going down that path, trying to improve their life and be like a conscious consumer and trying to support brands or just find items for their family that are good for the planet and for themselves. I mean, I would start with the ingredient list because if, you know, if there's lab derived synthetic ingredients in it right there out the gate, um, I mean, I don't know me personally, I've just eliminated those things. And since I've made that decision, I found myself to actually, based on my own personal life experience, feel healthier year after year after year. And, you know, for those first 28 years of my life, it was the exact opposite direction. I was feeling unhealthier every single year, you know, as I went. Um, So the myth, I think, is that like, you know, that these preservatives and stabilizers and colorings and modifiers and the ways that they put, you know, clean beauty products or health food products together so that they're shelf stable. I think that's a myth. I don't really think that that stuff is really as clean or as healthy as uh, it's marketed to be. And so like 
these words end up not meaning anything, you know, mm-hmm. like sustainable is the one that you put on the headline here. I could talk about an hour about that word. Like, I don't, I don't even know what that word means anymore. Sustainable, like, you know, it sort of sounds like continual, continuing what we're doing right now, you know, sustaining what we're doing right now. But we've gone way past that, which is why you hear, you know, way past that being an okay plan, um, which is why you hear people talking about regenerative, um, you know, because that acknowledges that our system is actually degenerative, right? So we have a degenerative system. So you don't want to sustain the degenerative system. We need to, uh, you know, allow a regenerative system to exist, arise, you know, spread and, you know, in an ideal world, replace the degenerative system. It's like, it's just so obvious that, and so, you know, in terms of myths, like the myth would be like, um, just trusting marketing in general in terms of these, <laughs> these pro- like the, the category, you know what I mean? Like health food, clean beauty products. Like these things are things that should, you know, you could theoretically be growing in your backyard and they could be made of a couple ingredients. So the idea that there's like a billion dollar industry selling us these things, which like, I guess I'm a part of, but we're trying to sell something that's a departure from, from those norms in the sense that these products are those types. I mean, like, these are flowers, single variety. Each of these jars, this one's Tulsi, this one's plantain, this one's German chamomile, go-to cola, Roman chamomile, Douglas fir, rosemary. So these are things that are flowers, herbs and flowers, that were placed into olive oil and then left in the sun and the moon for one complete moon cycle. And that rhythm of daytime to nighttime, that pulsation is what extracts the active ingredients from the plants, they unwind themselves, you know, into the oil. And um, then we cold press it by hand with this little press I have right there. And the, you know, compost the ingredients back to the earth, the flowers that get pressed out. And what's left over is, are these oils, which in the case of the summer solstice serum, the product I was saying is sold on Sun Potion and Cat Beauty and elsewhere. Um, it's seven of those different oils blended together and that that's all that's in there. So since it's never been denatured, it doesn't need to be glued back together, you know, with these synthetic ingredients like xanthan gum and these other things that you find in, in the best health food and clean beauty products. These, these things that glue things back together, stabilize, homogenize, um, ours has never been denatured. It's like a whole food, you know what I mean? It's, it's virgin cold pressed olive oil that we've solar infused herbs into and then taken the herbs out of. So, uh, yeah, we've tried to go sort of back into a more of a folk tradition, which is now also sort of, you know, or always was sort of an artisan tradition because it doesn't really exist anymore and we do everything by hand. So, um, mechanization, industrialization in general, these things adulterate the process just by their, their just how they function, just machines, parts, gears, lubes, oils, you know, on and on, just the way that industrial products are, are made, even a product that's starting with clean ingredients could end up with adulterations, like um, sparkling water comes with forever chemicals inside it, you know, the PFSA forever, forever chemicals that should be banned and are highly carcinogenic they, you know, every single sparkling water brand on the market 
consumer reports, nine out of nine of the brands they tested, tested like off the charts in what they call forever chemicals. They'll be in your corpse as it erodes into the ground. They'll, those chemicals will still be there and, you know, for however many you know, generations after that. And so these, these adulterations are like in these processed foods. So the myth is kind of like that you could process and industrialize clean, healthy living. That's, I think that's maybe the main myth. Hmm. Thank you for that answer. So I was going to ask you, <laughs> so, so here's the thing right now, this world is breaking down so many systems. We got the educational systems shifting, you know, we're seeing like governments are, are crumbling the way people perceive things are, you know, changing, you know, we're talking about everything that you just said sounded so much harder for people. So, you know, like right now I can just go into a store, I can buy cheap food, I can go home and I feel like it's good enough. When I say I, I'm just meeting the general public. How do we shift this system of the way we eat and do stuff that's more regenerative instead of degenerative? Because, I mean, everybody can listen to this and get excited about it. But I think a lot of people are going to say, I can't afford it. I don't know where to start. This just seems way over the top for me. I like it. But sparkling water, if it's going to kill me, I've already been drinking it. The chemicals are already in me. I'm going to move forward. What can we tell people right now and what steps can they take to start? Because it sounds great. But I bet a lot of people are going, yeah, this is awesome. And tomorrow they'll wake up and go right back to status quo. I mean, I would just say, God bless them. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not here to like convince anyone of anything. Um, so, but if, if they, but if, 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 in their, if, if in their they heart, want it, you know heart. what I mean? If they want it themselves and they're trying their best, I would like to think that being armed with a little information that industrializing the solution is not going to really solve the problem. So like I could speak to the people, I could speak to the choir, you know what I mean? Otherwise, this is a whole nother show because now we're talking about what sort of like global trends and and government and non-governmental, you know, initiatives do we need to see come to allow a regenerative food system to exist amongst food deserts and in the most, you know, uh, economically depressed places and the, the, the urban centers and on where most of the people live, you know, so th these are just like really complex issues. But if it's somebody who wants to do better in these departments, then it's it's as simple as like going to the farmer's market. That's um, but that's what I'm looking for. So like little steps, because right now yeah. I'm listening to something and I'm just speaking for others. I'm listening to something that's intriguing. I might want to go there, but I can't see the how and I'm hyper focused on the how. Are there little things I can do right now to be part of a better change? That's all. I'm yeah, asking. just take action, question. any action. The answer is always take some action. So just, you know, go to the farmer's market instead of the grocery store. People spend, people prioritize their time. You know what I mean? People will drive a couple hours in traffic to like go see, you know, some musician play and like, you know, get home seven hours later and, dedicate, you know, feel terrible the next day, they'll dedicate an entire weekend to go to this concert. So prioritize the idea that you want this to be in your life. Go to the farmer's market, find the best farmer's market, the one that seems to have the most organic, regenerative sounding farms, Google them, research them, connect directly with a farmer, go visit farms, uh, research brands that care about where their sources come from in farms and support just those brands. The idea that, that it's too expensive, I mean, there's two conversations here. There's the conversation where you're you literally can't afford your basic, you know, life needs 
and then there's the conversation where no i can afford my basic life needs i just think organic is too expensive i'm not into it whatever okay well that person who could theoretically you know cover their basic needs in general should recognize that industrial food has externalized all the costs that's the only reason why it's so cheap so it's externalized the chemicals and the pollution and the terrible working conditions and the low wages and the child labor and the um the uh environmental degradation and the watershed and the wildlife and then the poisoning of our internal waterways our bodies you know what i mean so this is making us sick this is the obesity pandemic this is you know these are the people who are most at risk in the covid pandemic so like this whole loop of subsidizing this type of industrial agriculture and then making it be the most available option and the cheapest looking option i mean it's all sort of a myth as chris would say like it's only cheap in the immediate sense but it's it's doing such damage to you know on so many levels that you're going to you or society depending on your insurance plan is going to or just your employer everybody's productivity their ability to thrive you know what i mean family relationships if everybody's just eating worse and worse and worse quality food over time you know we just we don't stand a chance so the idea is to seek out places that care about these things and vote with your dollar because you might pay sometimes first of all you're going to pay the same or less just i research prices like frantically all the time because people make these comments that it, i think that's a marketing myth right there that it is more expensive it's not always more expensive but you either anyway, pay now or you pay later that's why i tell exactly, people i tell people that you're you either invest now or you're going to pay with medications and surgeries and and lack of life later on and, and down the road that's why i put it to people and when i put it to people like that they're like I can see that you pay an hour, you pay later. If you want to do more than go to the farmer's market, you could try growing some of your own food and seeing what that's like, because then all of a sudden you're involved in this just magic. It's but like see, but see, that right there, like all. So here's the thing. All right. Humans are masters at justification. Like we can go through our whole life and we have to justify so that we don't feel like we're evil. or We're part of the problem. We love to all feel like we're part of the solution and we can backtrack on almost anything we do. And we're buying this from China. You know, we're, we're saying this, but we're acting this way and we're hypocritical. So yeah. to the bigger point, when you started talking about all the people who get hurt or the, 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 the things that happen because we're eating these you know bad foods, never mind the fact that we're consuming crappy food, all that other stuff. If you really just started to do some research and realize, hey, you've got a local farmer who's growing organic right down the street. You're helping a community member and you're bettering yourself. Why wouldn't you do it? Even if it's an extra few nickels. And yeah, local local money staying in the local economy, and um, you know the 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 recommendations there, Scott. In terms of simple stuff, go to the farmers market, join a CSA, mm -hmm. community supported agriculture. Hmm. So farms will offer CSA programs where you'll pay whatever per week, whatever per month, whatever per season, and then you get a weekly box of produce. And then part of the fun is that you're just getting whatever they're growing, whatever is in season. So you didn't even order it. So now you got to figure out what to do with it. So now you're cooking, now you're Googling that's recipes, fun. and now you're sort of more engaged in it. And you're saving money because, you know, that's the whole deal. You've paid for it up front, which is good for them because they've kind of like sold out their season. They know what they're going to sell. They have all their customers. They can plan what they want to grow, how much they need to grow and harvest. And so they give you a better price, right? So it's work. It's a win-win-win. Um, 
that's uh, called a CSA. And then growing your own food, even in um, like an herb box. Mm-hmm. Go to you know, go to the farm, go to the natural garden store, and get a little herb box and just grow some herbs. That's step one. Grow rosemary, thyme, and oregano in an herb box and put it in your window. That's I where it. I started in Brooklyn in an apartment outside of the Manhattan Bridge with like diesel fumes from trucks just like blowing on it. And uh, man, I love those herbs. And those herbs just captured my attention on you know growing fresh things and the the power of you know healthy living it all kind of really started in a lot of ways with mindfulness and a lot of the ways we spoke about it in the beginning of this talk but that herb box just actually getting your hands into the process of doing it and you know tasting that on your your eggs or whatever it's so connecting your food i love it yeah a little Mm. bit a little bit at a time Awesome. Well, Jared, this has been an amazing conversation. We've already been talking for nearly an hour. Uh, where I know that uh, you were talking about websites and whatnot. Where can people get a hold of you to kind of continue the conversation? I know I believe we have your yeah, um, sign. Yeah, Instagram is a good place. Um, I try my best on there, but since the fires, my pace has gone way down on you know keeping up with Instagram. But at Be Here Farm, as you see on the screen, if you're watching, that's Instagram. And then love at beherefarm.com is my email. And uh, it doesn't get any easier than that. I'll reply. Happy to talk. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, man. We appreciate the information. And it's been such a dynamic conversation. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again and kind of just be able to Google some of the stuff you were talking about. But uh, high level stuff. But ultimately, it all ends in the same way as like, you know, you just you got to take care of yourself now. And you got to be more proactive about your health and your resources and the things that are available to you if you want to continue to live a long and healthy life. So thank you so much for being here, brother. We appreciate you. I'm going to sit, stick you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere. Scott and I want to talk to you just before we uh, end the show, but uh, Scott and I are going to end out the show. So any final words you want to say to everybody uh, to uh, send them off? Thank you so much. You got it, brother. Thank you so much, Jared. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in just a few minutes. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, some very, very new and cutting edge information about what it is that we can do to procure our uh, health and beauty products, as well as our food. Scott, uh, what are your thoughts on this? What what can we do to take people home on this conversation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just the, the the simple stuff. I think it's a great idea that, you know, go back to almost being a kid, be curious, have some wonder in your life. Um, getting an herb box, you know, we we grew some some kind of basil a few years back and it was phenomenal. Uh, you know, we were throwing it in, you know, different salads, creating pastas with basil. One of them had like a mustard flavor, just like random stuff. And it's like, and you, you just things that you never, you don't even get at the grocery store because it's some like funky, like weird herb and they're not hard to grow. So we were doing it, you know, in Austin, Texas, like a hundred degrees on our, our deck and we were able to do it. So I think that the farmer's market and really starting to think of all the negative aspects of industrialization with our food and bringing it back to something where we're part of that input that we're putting into our body. So, um, I think that's the best thing. I'm very intrigued to listen to some, you know, I was listening to the idea of the sun cycles and the moon cycles and extracting that and keeping that as a whole, you know, um, product. I'd like to learn more about that. So I got to talk to Jared about that. We should all investigate that. It sounds like some cool stuff. So yeah, I'm on board. I love it. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. Uh, Robert says here, thank you, Jared, Christopher and Scott. I hope I get the spelling correct. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you did a great job, Robert. Appreciate yeah, you. Um, funny Jacqueline says here, there's somebody behind you by the pool, Scott. Yeah, people um, are walking yeah. behind me in the pool. You're correct. We 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 saw that. We saw that. Uh, we got Jock in the house. What's up, brother Jock? Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. It says good evening. Good evening, my friends. Um, 
Yes. Yes. What a dynamic conversation. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just ultimately it's up to us. It's up to us and to really decide, you know, when I sit there and I think about this, you know, I think about alcohol, I'm like, what is it that I'm really drinking? Oh my God. Like when you get serious about thinking about it, it's like, wow. And just thinking about, you know, the, the aspect of we really want truly longevity and we want health. That's one thing that my wife and I make the investment in is going organic and spending now and just really having quality foods, foods that we appreciate that we, that are delicious that aren't as processed as, as a lot of stuff is. And we figure it's an investment now in our health and, you know, um, you know, God willing, that's going to, that's going to carry us through. So very, very interesting conversation tonight. It's something that uh, I think we all need to explore a little bit more and, and being sustainable and having just the, the, the desire to, to really investigate what it is that we're putting into our bodies. Again, back to his comment about, uh, um, um, uh, deodorant and things of that nature, toothpaste. You know, if you sit there and you would take take an hour to study toothpaste, you find out there's a lot of stuff in there that should not be in there that we're ingesting into our body. So it's all those little itty bitty pieces, ladies and gentlemen. If you feel like shit and you think about all the things you're putting in your body, that's probably why you feel like shit. In or on your body, and you started with like toothpaste. I mean, deodorant, your know, shampoos. Like, there's so many things that are sinking in, and Jared said the same thing. They're sinking in our body, so. At some point, we've got to be a little more meticulous with what we take in and put on our bodies. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whether you're watching here live or on the replay, we appreciate you, you beautiful souls. Again, go back and check out the link at the beginning of the podcast where we talked about uh, where you can subscribe to the um, to the actual audio podcast. And uh, next week, we have uh, Michelle. Michelle's going to be back. It's going to be a good yeah. talk. Because we're going to talk yeah. about ketamine, other plant medicine, and all that. It's going to be a fun talk. So, uh -huh. yeah, we'll enjoy that one. We're going to get to see video of Scott under the influence of ketamine. No. <laughs> Whoops. I can't hear you now. All of a sudden, you just stopped talking. I'll do the I'll do ketamine, and we'll actually do it live from a ketamine session. I think people oh, God, want I'll pay to see that. <laughs> so, I said two I said two words. No, I said, I think I said, I said, I said, earth is cool in the middle of my session. And then in the end, I said, I'm done now. <laughs> That's all I said during the session. Earth is cool and I'm done now. <laughs> I'm done now. Bring me back. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's what I was saying. <laughs> all right, beautiful people. Go out there. Be awesome. Have a great, great weekend. Scott, enjoy your time over there in Florida. I'm going to do a double backflip into this pool right now. Just kind of roll right backwards. I want to see it. Let's do it live on the Unfiltered Experience. <laughs> just roll right. Just go right. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there, dude. You are. You are. All right, boys and girls. Thank you guys for being here. Whether you're live or on the replay, we appreciate you guys. The Unfiltered crew. Always go back to The Unfiltered Experience, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Check us out. If you have a desire for a particular guest or a subject matter, um, please let us know. Let either Scott or myself know. We'd love to have you or have that uh, project, that topic entertained. Um, so with that, we appreciate you guys. Go out there and have an awesome weekend. And we'll see you next time on The Unfiltered Experience. Peace. Love you guys. Peace.